Yes, indeed. It's about that time. Hi, I'm Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to Wisdom Smack. Come on in and let's get started. Yeah, I went to beauty school when I was 15 so that I could have a skill that I could put myself through college with. Fun fact. (laughs) So today I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, something that I, it's been on my heart to share and uh, it got me to thinking. I was uh, out walking the other night and my mind tends to reminisce back down memory lane. And when I was a kid, I lived in a small town and then the town over from us, which was about five miles away, uh, that's where they had most of the stuff that you needed uh, to constitute a little, you know, a little city. Um, because the town where I lived, it was just like a university town and we didn't have much there. So when I was 15, my grandmother noticed that I had the quote unquote gift of hair. And uh, she said, you know what? This would, you know, we've had so many hairdressers in our family. I think you've got the gift. And I was like, yeah. So she encouraged me and she's like, if you want to find out, then you need to find out. So I actually called the local beauty college that was in the next town over. And um, I asked to speak to the people and all this stuff and my grandmother drove me over there and they gave me a test to see if I uh, had the uh, fine motor skills in my hands to do the work because I was quote unquote under 16. <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, but I guess my tenacity and the fact that I was leading the charge, proving to them that I was going to be diligent to stick this out, they gave me a chance. Now we're sitting there, my grandmother's in the in the little office with me and uh, the the school's administrator is talking to us and she's telling me how much it's going to cost. And I'm sitting there freaking out because I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, how am I going to pay for this? Because I'm not going to be able to do my little odd and ends jobs that I do, you know, to get little monies here and there. And I had been saving up. Now, let me tell you guys this. I had been saving up since I think I was 12. Yeah, I've been saving up since I was 12 because I knew I wanted to get a car. And in the state where I lived at the time, you get your learner's permit at 15 and uh, no, your license at 15. You could get both of them, you know, so I had already gotten my license by then because um, I'm an early baby. I'm a January baby. And so um, this was like around the springtime and I've got this new license in my pocket and I'm ready to, to make my way. So I have my money ready to get a car. Uh, and in my youthful hubris, I didn't realize it's going to cost money to go to beauty school. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think that, but yeah. So she's doing the outline and how much it costs, how many hours it's going to take, and the fact that I was going to be going part-time on a specialized um, training plan, meaning that I was going to have to go after school. So each day, I was only going to get three hours, uh, Tuesday through Friday, because they weren't open on Mondays. And then on Saturdays, I could get all of my time in uh, for the full day, but it took at the time it took like eighteen hundred or two thousand hours physical hours to and plus tests to to get your license, and that that was kind of like an eternity to me when I, I'm barely I'm not even getting twenty hours a week 
but I persisted and I figured out a way. My grandmother was like, I'll help you, you know, as much as I can and, and, and everything. And so she, bless her heart, she believed in me so much. She was like, we'll find a way. And so between her and my grandfather and my mom, um, my father's deceased, but, but, but between them, they figured out a way to help me with my beauty school, um, the cost of going there. And I think I got a grant too, but still they all put in. But then there was the other part. There were uh, the extra stuff that the administrator had some kind of way forgotten to tell me at that time when I signed the dotted line that I was going to have to pay for tools, uh, textbooks, uh, and the cost of um, taking tests, you know, the administered tests that you had to have along the way. And my grandparents and my mom were like, you know, hey, we're paying for this. And you said if you did this, you would be responsible. And that meant that I was going to have to be responsible to get myself to and from, meaning the car that I was going to get, the gas that it was going to take. I was going to have to take the take care of the insurance on the car. But now I also needed to pay for the tools, uh, the books and all of that stuff. And I didn't have it. I didn't know how I was going to get it. And so I was like, I was angered. I was upset and frustrated because I just kept thinking, if it's not one thing, it's another. They're nickel and diamonding me. How much more do I need to, to know? What don't I know? And I've, I've done a podcast about the, uh, the information and knowledge gaps and how this occurs when you're trying to make an effort to do something. If you're not hitting these and being confronted with them, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> uh, but at the time, my young mind didn't realize that this was just part of the course and everybody who would do better is going to be confronted with this stuff. So I buckle up and I'm like, you know, I'm a can-do person. I'm going to do this. They have come up with a way for me to go to this school and I'm going for it. And so I remember I, um, I did things like I... Um, I mowed lawns, I braided hair, <laughs> and this was um, way back when, so there was no weave and all the stuff. You just had to make do with what you had to do, and you had to make it look nice, you know, and so we would put beads and little things on there, and I had to go buy that. I didn't have that, and so um, I was really hustling. Uh, I think I even babysat and, and did a whole bunch of different little things to, to get this money, and I remember I could not start school until I could purchase the tools. It was a box that came with the stuff that you needed. Like it had a set of rollers, a mannequin head, some scissors, a manicuring set, application bottles, you know, the, the normal stuff that you would need for going to cosmetology school. And it was an exorbitant amount. Now, in hindsight, I knew that there was a huge markup and I didn't know that I could have gone over to another larger town, went to their beauty supply and bought the same kit. But that, that's neither here nor there. You live, you learn. So I could not start school until the summer because it took me that much time to be able to uh, pay for the kit and the textbook and all of that. And so that was that was the wall, you know, that I hit. But I, I, I worked through it by doing what I knew to do and what I could do as a 15 year old. And there was something about me marching myself in there and plopping down that money. Actually, it was a check, by the way, because I was a big girl and I had a checking account. <laughs> and I put that check down. And that lady gave me that blue suitcase that had the fake 
alligator print on it and you couldn't tell me nothing <laughs> and I took that suitcase and I took the um the textbook and the workbooks and she was like you're going to be starting on this day and blah 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 and I remember I started uh like in June um and it was it was a sign of pride that I had been able to do that now I would go on to hate going to beauty school but guess what I finished <laughs> It took me three long years, but I finished. But along the way, little did I know in that hell that I had to go through, um, I learned so many valuable skills. Some of them I forgot until I was forced to remember them. And then sometimes, I mean, some of them I just remembered. But today I want to talk to you guys about the, 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 takeaway that is helping me right now and has helped me to have sustainability to be able to continue to work as a a independent business owner in today's society and environment. So would you like to hear that? Um, I'm going to assume you said yes. And so here goes. Watch out there now. So um, the way this was set up, because I uh, was going part time, when I would come in on Saturdays, I had to work like a longer than most people to move through the stages of what you could do. So I was in what they would call the workroom way longer than a lot of other people. And because of that, I had to replace tools, implements, and things that would just wear out because of use more so than other people. So it became where, um, okay, I need to replace these scissors, this razor, this, that. And, you know, it was me. I had to replace it. And I would get kind of frustrated because I was like, if it's not one thing, it's another. Everything is always tearing up and, and all this kind of stuff. And no, it wasn't tearing up. It was just I was having to use it and and it took me longer because I couldn't be there all the time. And so anyway, needless to say, I had to continue to come up with ways to buy and pay for my tools that I needed for the trade. And I was upset about it, but it didn't matter. I still had to figure out a way. So I remember on Sundays and Mondays, we didn't have to be at beauty school. And on Sundays, I didn't have to be at school. So I would moonlight. I am not shame. I would tell people I will do a shampoo and set. And I remember I would say I would do it for $15. And those people in my little town would be like, okay. So much so that my grandmother's hairdresser, who she had gone to beauty school with long ago, said, I'll observe her. And so because she allowed me to use her um, space, and I even offered to give her money. She's like, no, I'm just doing this because I really believe in you. People would come. And so they had a space that they could come where it was professional stuff. And I actually was teaching her and updating her on her skills. So it worked out worked out well. And that became my side hustle that I used to be able to keep uh, gas in my car, pay the car payment um, and the insurance and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it couldn't, it didn't pay for everything. Now, let me just say it didn't pay for everything because there's only so much you can do on a Saturday afternoon after the good church folks, church folks come home or Saturday nights. Cause it had gotten to that point too, where people needed their hair done for church. So I'm leaving beauty school going straight over there and I'm tired. And then I got to go to church. Cause you know, my mom and them, they didn't play that. You're going to go to church and then <laughs> I'm working. And so it was, it was, it was a lot. Um, and it took a lot 
to make $50 or $60. It took a lot to make $100, but I did it. So let me go back to um, where I started really seeing what I needed to do. So at first, when I was making this money, I would replace the the equipment I had and I would be cheap about it. I would be like, OK, I'm not. No, I'm not buying the extra little frou-frou. I don't need that. I'll just if it's good for the beauty school, it's good for me. And so because I was trying to hold on because I knew how hard I worked for that money and I was able to, you know, hobble along and I finally was going to move to the to the big kids room, meaning that I was not in the work room with the mannequins anymore. On Saturdays, once I had a certain amount of hours and I had passed the test that I had to pay for to be administered, by the way, I moved over to the uh, area where you had real people that would come and get their hair done. And so that meant that I could now start uh to to get my hands-on experience and when I got out on the floor as they called it it was a different world I'm gonna tell you it's something different about theory and practice and actual real world setting that was one of the big takeaways I learned no matter how people try to simulate it is different in the real world nobody is ever going to be alike any you know one else and you can't you know, say, this is how it is. I knew how long it took for a roller set on a mannequin head, but when I had different people and I didn't realize people's heads were bigger and smaller and weirder, you know, it was just a different world. And so I'm out there, I'm doing what I need to do. And I start getting a tip here and there because I was actually good at my craft, you know, and, I, I, and I'm thankful that it took me longer to get out there because I really was able to polish my actual craft. Now, I want to talk, a, I want to take a detour and talk a little bit about skills and tools. Okay, because that was another thing that I learned as early as possible. It is one thing to have skills and it's another thing to have tools, but it's a totally different ballgame when you mix skills and tools. So I like to say it like this. Photoshop. Photoshop is a brilliant tool and it is a tool that you can do some wonderful things with. But when it becomes a transformative experience is when you have someone who is skilled in whatever they do, whether it be art, photography or whatever, and they take that skill and then they take the skill of knowing how to use the tool and put them together and they do stuff that looks like magic. So that was the thing I was learning while I was on the floor of the beauty school. It was one thing to have the tool. So I saw people who had the sparkly, shiniest, most beautiful stuff, but they couldn't fix hair for crap. Even though they had been in beauty school, they just did not have the talent, the skill or whatever. And they, they, it just didn't work. But then I saw folks who didn't have a quote unquote pot to piss in. That's a, that's a Southern saying. And they would be out there with their skill and it would be, it would be ratchet, but right. And I'm talking about, they would make it do. Even if they had to go back there with a bar of soap and shampoo that hair, they had a way to make that hair look okay. But it, it didn't have that finished polish. It was only when I realized there was this lady I went to school with and uh, I don't want to call her name, but she was she was from Germany and she was a little different. I'll just say that she looked at the world differently. And now in hindsight, she's probably a prophet among us. But she she taught me a lot. Nobody really messed with her. But everybody realized that when she was on the floor, her clientele was strong, deep and loyal. 
those little old ladies, they would wait for her to get to their hair. And it was like, why? And her hair always looked like it had been, she had been had stuck her finger in a socket. So it just stuck up, stuck up all over her head. So we were trying to figure out how in the world is she getting all this clientele? But then when you would see what she would do with their hair and they left, oh, it was amazing. And so I learned something. Instead of trying to just observe and, and guess and, you know, conjecture and reverse engineer, I went and I asked her, I was like, you know, what are you doing? How do you, how do you do this? Because not only had I realized how strong her fan base was, I realized that at that time, instead of getting um, a dollar uh, tip or (laughs) sometimes even a quarter, um, she was consistently getting at least three to $5. And when I say this back at that time, a shampoo and a set, if you will, I think it was like $7 and 50 cents. So she was getting almost as much as the service itself consistently from these little ladies who come, who come to see her every week. And I guess because I was one of the few people that actually came to her and didn't just observe her like she was a rare bird, she decided to tell me. She was like, I uh, use what I know and I get the best materials to do it so that my work stands out from everyone else. And because of that, I can command more. And she would tell me, she would tell her clients what she expected. She says, I'm going to do a really good job for you. So I want you to do the best job you can on my tip because I don't get what you pay them. And she was educating them and everything. And so this is the big aha for me. I was like, wow, it's my responsibility to take charge over my income and It was at that moment. I was like, wow. And so she was so kind. And I mean, I just never knew because I had believed what other people had said because she stayed to herself. Her hair always looked weird. She looked weird. But this woman knew something. And she was an older woman at the time for me. I think she was maybe in her early 40s. So for me, you know, that was like my mom or something. But this is how she went on to teach me. She's like, okay, what you do. She said, don't spend your uh, tips on lunch. And that's exactly what I had been doing. I was like hoping and praying, oh, I'd make at least four or five dollars in the morning in tips so that I could go over to the fast food place and get lunch. She was like, don't do that. Bring your lunch. She said, save it up. And then she taught me and she didn't have to. And in hindsight, I was like, she really was an angel. She was like, you take what you've saved up, however long it takes you, Go to the beauty supply place, talk to the manager and ask them for wholesale prices because you're willing to buy in bulk. And so she would buy um, her hairsprays and uh, her finishing machines and all these other things that gave a little more, a little extra, a better finished product, a better sound product. Instead of using the shampoo that the school used in the buckets and the gallons, she would go and buy better shampoo. But because she would buy it by the gallon, she would get it almost at the same amount that the school would. And the school approved it because they knew what she was using was better product. And it was hers. And that is another reason why her skill with the right tools made her a better fit for those people and they were so loyal but that's not even what I'm getting at what I'm getting at is the lesson that she taught me was business money yes she taught me that to have a business one of the best skills that you can ever have is to learn how to make the money 
to support your business. She told me how she, her husband had, uh, was American and uh, she had married him and she came over here and they didn't have anything and he died. And now she was having to figure out a way to take care of the kids and stuff. And so she was in beauty school, but along the way, uh, she had learned these things and that's why she was going through school so fast and she was starting to make the money and, and do all of this because she understood that she needed to be able to um, generate the revenue that it would take for her business. Now, I was floored. So much so, I told my grandmother about it. My grandmother was like, you better listen to everything that lady says because she is telling you the truth. She says, and, and at the time, she was just honest. She was like, because little girls like you, we're, you're not going to be able to walk into a bank and ask for a business loan. So you better learn now how to make the money to get what you want. And that's exactly what I did. So with the help of um, my grandmother making me put that money in my savings account, I remember going after beauty school on Saturdays and... Um, making out my deposit so that I would have it uh, ready to give to my grandmother who would take it while I was in school, you know, and the bank banks would open on Mondays and, and saving it up. And I remember finally going over to a, a, the, the bigger town that I talked about that had the, the, the bigger um, uh, wholesale opportunities, um, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, forgive me guys. I'm stumbling on my words. Um, <laughs> uh, beauty supply. Yes. I remember you couldn't tell me anything, boy. And because I got better, I did what she said. And my grandmother actually seeded certain things to me to get me started. And I was able to, I went from making on a given Saturday, probably about $8 a day to after I started doing what this lady taught me to do. Um, I'll go on and say her name as a tribute. Her name was Nelda. After Nelda taught me what to do, I went from making $7 on a Saturday to anywhere upwards of $30, which was unheard of. I started having little old ladies who had no problems tipping me $5 because I did what she said. And the thing is, I had the skill, the talent, and now I had the tools. And I became that person that people were waiting for all day because they didn't want anyone else touching their hair or their nails or whatever. And um, I would take that money and I would march myself on over. And I remember taking $150, $200, which was big money for me back then. Um, and being able to to buy gallons of shampoo and conditioner and um, buy my own extra oils and learn how to mix them and, and give the better product. And people saying when they came back, my hair lasted all week instead of the normal two days and, 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 and word spreading. And that's when I actually started even experiencing the word of mouth phenomenon. So, but let me back up here because there are some skills that I want to point out um, that I was actually starting to develop. And that was the, the skill of how to generate money for my business. One of the things that I had to, to finally realize and that I forgot in, in, in recent past, but I'm getting back to, is that you're not necessarily going to be able to go and get a business loan to float yourself for inventory in that. So one of the biggest skills that I learned was how to generate money so that I could have my business. You know, there's a that age-old adage about it takes money to make money. 
And that's true, but not true. It's true that it does take money to make big money, fast money. But you can start with no money if you learn and operate in the skill of how to generate money. One of the things like today when people ask me, well, how do I, you know, make money online? How do I become a flourishing author? And I tell them there are certain just foundational skills. You have to learn how to generate revenue before you have anything to sell. And um, that usually takes some creativity and it usually takes you turning something into value that is uniquely something that you can give and that will uniquely satisfy um, the wants and, and how people perceive it as value for themselves. And so I learned that. I also learned that instead of spending the little profits or the revenues that you get, you need to invest it. If you can't invest it all, invest as much as you can back into the business that you're trying to grow so that you can have a business. Have you ever had an opportunity come by and you couldn't take advantage of it because you didn't have the money? Well, that's because you got to learn the skill. And I think that's life's way of giving you a wink to say, wake up. This is what you need to know how to do because the average person doesn't have $5,000, you know, discretion just sitting by if, you know, they are just trying to get started on their feet and stuff. Or if you have it, you might not want to put your, try to finance stuff off of your savings like I did as a dumb dumb. And I talked about that in another podcast. You know, sometimes you need to find a way to make what you do pay for itself. So that's one, that, those are the two biggest skills that I want to talk, talk to you today about with business money. So I want to just challenge you. If this is something that you've been looking at, or maybe you have been laid off and you're trying to figure out what to do next, instead of going and doing like I did and taking out a 401k and all this kind of stuff and depleting your savings to start a business, instead of starting a business, start your education of building the skills of how to make money that will then fund your business because they are not the same. They're not the same. When you're in business, you'll know there's sometimes that your business acts like a child where it has to be supported by you to keep going, to keep flourishing. Not all the time is your business going to be able to throw off the profits to take care of you. So you have to know how to have the skillful knowledge and ability and execution to generate money to keep your business afloat and to keep you afloat. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about, the art of business money. Don't put the cart before the before the horse. Learn how to generate money for your business. And then learn how to put it back into your business so your business can grow. If you try to get that um, business afloat before you know how to generate money, it's going to be kind of hard. Let's just let's just be honest. It really is. So that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much. I hope that this has helped you and been in, insightful for you. And please leave me a comment, uh, like, share, and I'll see you tomorrow. This has been Michelle with Wisdom Smack. Okay, thanks.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. This has been Michelle Spiva. Thank you so much for joining me. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and even comment on some of the Wisdom Smacks you have going on in your life. And or even if there's something we talked about today that you especially enjoyed. And don't forget to pass it on and share. I'll talk to you later. See you on the next time with Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. Bye.